Hello, you dirty, filthy whorebags. Welcome back to another episode of Queen's Table. It's your girl, Queen S, coming to you back with another episode of Tea Time, okay? If you guys didn't already tell, I am under the weather. My my voice is slowly starting to come back, but it's still not where it was or where it needs to be. And so I wasn't able to record last week, so I do apologize about that. But I'm here to catch y'all up with all the D's to all of our T's. So, nevertheless, we're just going to jump right into it. So, the first topic that we're going to talk about is the NBA commissioner renaming the MVP All-Star Game Award after Kobe Bryant. So, in a conference, um, the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, uh, held this press conference where he basically explained, uh, moving forward, that this MVP award for the All-Star Game will be renamed to Kobe. Let's take a look. Renaming our All-Star MVP trophy, um, the Kobe Bryant MVP award. Um, this trophy will be presented at the conclusion of tomorrow night's All-Star game, and I know it will be especially meaningful to that player that wins the first Kobe Bryant MVP. Um, and so uh, I'm sure there will be other honors as well. And as I mentioned, there are other things that we will be discussing um, with our board, the NBA board, when we meet in April um, to honor David. But this one seems so appropriate here at All-Star because no one embodied All-Star more than Kobe Bryant. And I think that that was a very nice and subtle way to kind of pay homage to one of the greatest basketball players ever, the greatest human being ever. You know, he was a philanthropist. He was a father. He was a coach. He was a leader. He was a motivational speaker. He was an Oscar-nominated um movie producer you know there was a lot of ways that the nba could have paid homage to him and i feel like renaming the all-star game mvp trophy to him i think that was the the best thing um that they could have done while we're on the topic about the all-star game however we are going to talk about aaron gordon declaring that he is no longer doing the all-star dunking contest after losing to Derek jones jr And technically speaking, this was the second time being snubbed, okay? If you guys don't recall, in 2016, he was actually in the All-Star Dunking Contest as well, where everyone thought that he should have won that as well. So, after the Dunking Contest, and I I watched it, um, and I will say that between the two of them, between Aaron and DJJ, there was stiff competition. Like both of them was doing really well. Both of them was doing nonstop, you know, perfect scores. Basically, they did take their time out uh, to um, figure out exactly which dunk that they were gonna do, how they were gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? I I do remember when I was watching 2016. Aaron came hard, you know, he came so hard and he was dubbed. And so for him to come back and feel like he was dubbed again, I definitely understand it. And let's take a look. You've been involved in a controversial decision. Do you feel that you should have not just one trophy, but two? Definitely, definitely. So I feel like I should have two trophies. Um, Yeah, I I should have two trophies. I still feel like I'm one of the best, if not the best dunker in the world. So, um, I still feel that. So are we going to see you try this a third time at some point? I don't think so, because this is this would be my fourth time. So the third time was a charm. Uh, I thought I did what I needed to do to win, and um, I don't think I'm going to do it again. This is the... You no, know, we're here to do four dunks, you know what I mean? So it's out of four dunks. It should be the best out of four dunks. I did four straight 50s. Five straight 50s. 
you know, and, you know, Twitter did have their fair share of opinions as well. Um, they did also feel like it should have been, if, if not one or the other, it should have been more so a tie or some type of like drawn, I don't know. But with that being said, I do feel like in a way, a lot of people are more so chasing the trophy itself than to actually enjoy the experience and enjoy kind of um, seeing how far they can take themselves and see how far they can go beyond the norm to make these dunks happen. So I I definitely understand where Aaron is coming from. You know, if I was in his situation being snubbed and dubbed um, several times after you went back on the drawing board to figure it out, and you still not getting the recognition that you think that you deserve. I definitely, definitely understand. And so I hope, you know, everything kind of works itself out for him the way that it needs to be accordingly. And we're just going to, we're just going to take it from there. You feel me? And so on to the next topic on Tea Time with Queen S on Queen's Table. We're going to talk about Jaliah Harmon finally getting her recognition for her choreography to K-Camp's Lottery. I'm pretty sure I said her first name wrong. I do apologize. Nowadays, people's names are not as common as the next person. So I didn't mean any disrespect if I did pronounce your name incorrectly. But I do want to take time to kind of give credit where it was due. So Miss Harmon, she's 14 years old and she's from Atlanta. And she created the TikTok um, viral uh, video of her dancing to K Camp's lottery. So through this viral video, um, there was culture virtuals on TikTok, basically dubbing it as theirs, and they were getting all this publicity. You know, they were getting all they were getting flown out. They were getting shown to this event, to that event, whatever the case is. Until Black Twitter, of course, got a hold of the situation and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not on our watch." And Black Twitter did what Black Twitter needed to do. And ultimately speaking, she got the recognition that she needed. K-Camp actually thanked her personally for making his song number one on the charts. Um, And um, from there, she did actually perform at the All-Star game in Chicago as well. And so for me, with this whole situation with uh, Miss Harmon is that when it comes down to it, we are so powerful when we're together. You know, we we as black people, we make culture. We make shit shake. We make shit move. And it's sad that we're not at a place of understanding just how powerful we are when we are together. It was nothing for black Twitter to take a hold of everything and spam and make sure that this 14-year-old girl got her recognition. You know, she got to do the All-Star game. You know, she even started to do uh, videos with the original TikTok vultures that tried to dub it as theirs as well, you know. So everything is kind of full circle. I did see a series of tweets of people, you know, recommending that somebody manage her, you know, just so that she could make sure that she profits off of all of these appearances and stuff like that. So shout out to you, Ms. Harmon. You know, keep doing you for you to be 14 years old and you kind of basically have the number one choreography um, video in the world at this moment. Uh, That's such a big, that's a, that's, that's a big accomplishment. I think, you know, that just shows that you're never too young to do you. Like if there's a passion that you have inside of you, if there's something that keeps you going and something that makes you move, then you need to do it regardless of if people watching or not, because you never know who is. 
Even Michelle Obama shouted her out, honey. Listen, what is for you is for you. That's all I'm going to say. That is all I'm going to say. P, that's it. All right, now next to the next topic. Next topic on Tea Time with Queen S. We're gonna talk about T Pain. Oh, petty ass. Okay, so T Pain ends up buying Fuck T Pain domain and brand. So over the week, um, it was brought to my attention that there was a domain called FuckTPain.com, and through this domain, they were selling apparel that basically said AutoTune uh, is dead, fuck T Pain, all this other stuff, you know. And um, there was a series of tweets, of course, that was co-signing it. One of the tweets said T Pain is a terrible artist, and he has the ugliest, and he is the ugliest creature on the planet. With that being said, T Pain said what Miss Obama basically stated to everybody when they go low you get high but he went really high and in his response he said it's okay here what happened my dog sent me the fuck tpain.com link and instead of me trying to take it down and hurt the person that put their time into making the site i simply purchased it from them and now all the profit comes to me got it so buy it up i'll appreciate it that's how you motherfucking shut people up okay you kill them with kindness you kill them with kindness. That is something that I would definitely do if I had the coins to do it. To kind of just go in and and be that petty person and say, hey, you tried to tear me down. But guess what, bitch? You couldn't. Why? Because what's for me is going to always be mine, pussy hoes. So, shout out to you, T-Pain, for being the petty individual that you are. I'm pretty sure that is because you're from Florida. And Floridians, that is just one thing that has always been instilling us to be petty-ass motherfuckers. All right, now, so next topic on Tea Time with Queen is we're going to talk about uh, stylist and costume designer Shanoa Turini collaborates with Barbie for a diverse fashion campaign in in honor of Black History Month, okay? She is well known uh, for working with some of the biggest stars and being part of the biggest films when it comes to costume designs. Now she has collabed with Barbie to make her debut during Black History Month. So she has teamed up with Barbie and designed some of the greatest amazing looks for uh, Black Barbie dolls in the 2020 official release of um, Black Barbie dolls. It's been 40 years since the first Black Barbie doll was released. 40 years, okay? And so she wrote on her Instagram... Black Barbie dressed in what? I grew up obsessed with Barbie, and while she was one of my first fashion icons, I clearly remember searching shelves for a doll that looked like me, and I came up empty-handed. The first Black Barbie was introduced in 1980 in a sparkling red dress with an afro pick in her hair. Here she is in her costume, in her customized throne, surrounded by friends created and styled by me. I hope other young children, adult Barbie lovers, are excited to see themselves reflected in these dolls as I am. Thank you for collabing with me and creating Barbies with braids, finger waves, and everything in between. Chicks buy the layers, all different flavors, and even the curvy dolls and a crop top with waist-length twists. Baby Shanoa is proud. Representation matters, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this movement. And so... These Barbie dolls are just amazing, honey. She has Barbie dolls that are in wheelchair that are dressed to impress. She has Barbie dolls that are skinny, that are thick, that are afro, that has braids. It's just, it's just amazing, honey. One thing that I can say that I'm very, very happy for that I'm living in the time of, of, 
of visualization being switched. You know, I know myself growing up, like she stated herself, it was very hard for me to feel like I belonged, you know. Being Haitian American, that didn't uh, being Haitian American, that didn't help my situation either. But I longed for more. I longed for more, and I couldn't find myself in ads. I couldn't find myself in magazines. I couldn't find myself in billboards. I couldn't find myself in storefronts. You know, and now at twenty five, I see representations everywhere. I see Lupita everywhere. You know, I see my, um, my high school friend, chorus, uh, companion, Miss Samantha everywhere, you know, on pink and stuff like that at the beauty store, you know, representation is so important. And I'm so happy with this new wave of showing black beauty and all of its essence and showing that the next generation of women and little girls that they have representation because representation matters whether people want to believe it whether people don't want to believe it whether people want to co-sign whether they don't want to co-sign representation matters and i'm so happy that we are living in um the state where we're getting represent we're getting representation everywhere so shout out to you barbie shout out to you all right so next topic on Tea Time with Queen S, we're going to talk about Ari versus Black Twitter, okay? So Black Twitter, of course, one thing that I know about Black Twitter is when it comes to um, certain views, um, uh, as far as when it comes to white women or women that are not of color trying to tan themselves to look darker, you know, putting in protective styles to make them deem, um, uh, you know, ethnic and that sort of thing really grinds their gears. And it grinds minds as well. I'm not even going to lie to you. So there was someone on black Twitter that basically posted a picture of four girls who clearly are not black. But uh, they're very tan. They're very tan. They're very, very tan. Um, they have very dark hair and that sort of thing. You know, they have plump lips or whatever. Fellow black Twitter person. Um, stated, I'm sorry, but I'm tired of this whole aesthetic. I'm tired of looking at motherfuckers who look like this. And, you know, the picture was shown. Ari then responded, what does this even mean? This is how they look. Black girls go too hard to prove black is beautiful. We know, but don't shatter other women. In response, someone else from black Twitter stated, she's talking about white women looking ethnic with tans, thick extensions, etc. Ari then responded again, but so what? They grown. They can do what they want. That's like white girls getting mad at black girls wearing straight hair. <sighs> okay. To be completely honest, I see exactly where Ari was coming from with the whole situation because, you know, nowadays, you know, race is, race is you know, the first argument of choice. You know, it's the first ammunition of choice. And so I understand you know, the level of frustration that she's probably coming from because she probably has friends who probably goes through this at, at, as, as often as possible. However, there's no comparison in the two. You know what I'm saying? You can't compare the two, especially when black women are being criticized for having these same features. There's no, there's no mixing the two when black women can't even wear braids, can't even you know, wear protective styles. They can't even wear locks. They can't do anything. But when a woman who is not of color try to race bait and 
basically make herself a darker tone to make herself look more ethnic to make herself look more exotic all highs and highs and highs and highs come her way everybody co-signing everybody calling her beautiful everybody saying this everybody saying that you know but these are the same features that we are born with and we do not get that same love and respect and recognition so when we do see white women being tanner than they should when we do see white women wearing these lace fronts and long ass extensions and you know, ratchet ass nails. Damn right I got a motherfucking problem because I can't do the shit without being looked at. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. So why should you have the right to do it? And it's not even yours to do. When it comes to hair, when it comes to black women wearing straight hair, I hate that being the argument of choice because ultimately speaking, that's not a valid argument. There's a lot of black women who straightens their hair, who been straightened their hair. You know what I'm saying? There was a hot comb for a motherfucking reason. That's, you can't compare the two. Somebody purposely tanning themselves to be darker does not compare to a black woman wearing straight hair. That is still a protective style. I don't get it. I don't get it. Make it make sense, people. Make it make sense. I don't get it. I, I think Ari should have just sat that one out because her argument of choice wasn't the best of choice. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, you can't compare the two. You, 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 you really, you can't pick, you can't compare the two. Like that's just as simple as it get. You feel me? But to each his own, you know, black Twitter did his thing, of course. And hopefully, you know, they were able to pick her brain and make it make sense. Cause it don't make sense. Anyways, next topic on Tea Time with Queen S. We're going to talk about the baby having to fix his name when it comes to who his potential baby mama is. So, last episode, uh, last few episodes of Queen's Table uh, Tea Time, uh, we did talk about the baby having a baby on the way and that him and his baby mama was going back and forth, whatever the case is. So, of course, Twitter being Twitter, uh, people were trying to decipher who exactly is this mysterious baby mama they come across this beautiful young lady and of course the baby had to fix the right to the wrong so he stated i ain't never seen shoddy a day in my life he also stated a series of tweet which i think brought into light a lot of information so the baby said y'all gotta learn how to be more sensitive to people's feelings on the internet dog I'm cool with motherfuckers lying on me. It comes with the game. But I hate when the lies put me in a position where I got to potentially hurt somebody else's feelings to clear my name. That ain't play at all. Not even on no motivational speaker type shit. But y'all got to keep in mind some people really can't handle all that negative shit that comes from the cap that be putting out on the internet. A motherfucker a really give up on life behind bullshit stories made up by someone who wasn't thinking. Artists, athletes, actors, etc. get put in positions where they end up having to hurt innocent, uh, hurt an innocent person's feelings just to protect their career they work so hard to make sacrifices for. At least the media gets paid for it, but a lot of y'all ruin a person's life for free. And I wouldn't hate to be a part of somebody's mind, uh, mind or spirit being fucked up all because I gotta clear my name to keep my character from being damaged. Y'all motherfuckers are cutthroat. I ain't gonna type your head off. Just trying to be mindful of who might end up being affected by impulsive actions. As wild as the media may make a nickel look, 
I always try to be mindful. Sometimes it helps me. Sometimes it hurts me. And that's okay. Now, y'all go take y'all girl on a date or something. I'm glad that he spoke about that because I think a lot of times these trolls and people in general just forget that ultimately speaking, we're all human and ultimately speaking, you know, there's, there's repercussions to everything, you know what I'm saying? And y'all can't just dig up somebody's picture and just, you know, post it and make it go viral. And you don't know what this person's going through. You don't know what they been through. You don't know if that's a trigger for them. You don't know if it's going to take them back to where they once was like, Y'all don't know. And you know, y'all gotta y'all gotta do better. Y'all gotta do better with being a little bit more sensitive to others and not just being so quick to co-sign and ride the wave and ride the boat to some shit that y'all don't even have confirmation to. Assuming what gets you nowhere. Maybe that's it. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to the baby for, you know, kind of giving a personal insight and giving a different perspective. Because nowadays, people don't people don't try to break it down for motherfuckers to understand. And it's sad that you have to break it down to have people understand. But sometimes that's just what you got to do. So shout out to you, the baby. With your baby on the way. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Anyways, next topic on Tea Time with Queen S. We're going to talk about Lamar Odom's daughter. Loki Haki stating that his new fiance is abusive towards Lamar in a series of tweets on in a series of posts on Instagram. Uh, she did leave some incriminating uh, questions out there. So under one of the posts that Lamar Odom uh, posted, I, I guess after working out with his fiance, he said, shout out to everybody with their lovers and loved ones on the special day of love. Feel it in the air. Every day should be like this one down 40 more to go. Par Lamar. Someone stated happy Valentine's Day, whatever the case is. His daughter, Destiny, went on and said, was this before or after she punched you in the mouth? She did not stop there, of course. She did also went on and had a series of tweets. One of the things that she did posted on her Instagram story, she said, when the abuser deletes your comment before anyone can see it, you hate to see it. She also stated, too bad I'm feeling petty and will comment constantly until the blogs can see. She also stated, keep your hands to yourself. Women can be abusive too. It's never okay to lay your hands on someone else. And that's on period. With that being said, I've seen them interact. And I feel like it's a very, um, what's the word that I'm trying to use? It's a very like a... like a hostage-like situation. And what I mean about hostage-like is it's very like... um. Um, I'm your boss. Like, I'm going to tell you what you can and cannot do. You know, Lamar Odom does have a porn issue or whatever the case is. So she downloaded an app that sends her notifications as to when he's on, when he views porn. And I just feel like that's a little excessive, you know, to do for a grown ass man. You know, there's other ways that you can help him help himself without, you know, being like that. And then, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm just a firm believer, like, if your, if, if your kid's spirit don't mesh well with your partner's spirit, you got to figure out what is going on. You got to figure out what's that underlying thing. Is it coming from a hurt place? Are they hurt that you moved on? Or are they coming from a place of, you know, trying to understand what you saw in this person? And especially for her to have witnessed so much, you know, over the years when it comes to pertaining to her father, 
I know she's on edge and I know that her main focus is to making sure that anybody that is around her father has her father's best interest. And so for her to um, basically state and insinuate that abuse is going on, I'm pretty sure abuse is going on. And I'm pretty sure that she probably brought it to Lamar's um, attention. But because Lamar is, is looking for closure and he's looking for a fresh start and he's looking for peace, that he's probably just, you know, pushing it by the wayside. Like his daughter Destiny stated, there are a lot of women who are just as abusive to their partners as a man would be. You know, uh, they'll smack them in their face randomly. They'll push them. They'll break their shit. They'll belittle them, call them all types of names and stuff like that. So, you know, I hope it's not true. And I hope if it is true that, you know, Lamar listens to his kids because his kids ultimately will always have his best interests at heart. And I hope push come to shove everything works itself out the way that it needs to be because ultimately speaking everybody deserves to be happy everybody deserves love everybody deserves joy you know what i'm saying and so with that being said i'll keep y'all in my prayers because ultimately speaking it takes a village on to the next topic on tea time with queen as we're going to talk about d-day drama and his own little drama between his side chick and his girlfriend okay so Long story short, DJ Drama was with his side chick. His girlfriend found out that he was with his side chick. And um, he ended up having his girlfriend call his side chick. So they're on FaceTime, whatever the case is. And I'm going to play that video for you. So you can listen, babies. And so, apparently, at the end of the FaceTime call, it allegedly got physical between DJ Drama and his girlfriend. And then DJ Drama allegedly texted his side chick and asked her to come over so that they could so that he could apologize to her face to face about everything. When the side chick got to DJ Drama's house, apparently it was an ambush, and DJ Drama's girlfriend ended up attacking her and posted um, a snippet of the video on her Insta story stating, got me off of you before I smashed your head in the cement, but it's okay because know that kicking your head going to hurt tomorrow. And with that being said, okay, when it comes to side chicks, main chicks, half chicks, great chicks, low chicks, you know, regardless of what you call it, when it comes down to that, I never understood or I never respected when the woman goes after the woman. Because ultimately speaking, the woman has no loyalty to you. She has no ties to you. She has no obligation to you. Your main concern should be your nigga. And then with me, it's like, why do all that huffing and puffing and me mugging and cursing out and doing all this if you knew you were just going to go back to the dick anyways? Why don't you just go back to the dick? Why don't you roll over to the dick like you was going to? 
I remember Tamar uh, uh, Braxton on her uh, family show. She stated that um, one thing her mom has always told her that if you know you're not going to leave, shut up. And that's true. If you know you're not going to go nowhere, shut up. What 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 is the whole purpose? What was the whole purpose of you calling her, going back and forth with her if you knew you was going to forgive him and you was going to beat her ass instead? Y'all are backwards. Y'all are backwards. Y'all are backwards. Y'all are backwards as fuck. If I was a side chick, bitch, I'm pressing charges, ho. You assaulted me, bitch. I'm crying wolf. Bitch, you assaulted me, ho. We have nothing else to talk about, bitch. You assaulted me. I'm, I'm, I want to press charges. Do you want to press charges? Yes. I want to press charges. And that's on that. All right. Next topic on Tea Time with Queen S. We're going to talk about LeBron James, okay? He has a children's book based off of his I Promise School being published this summer. He wrote on Instagram, our own children's book, what? At IJ Fam Foundation and I Promise School, man, the beauty of this is the process of how we got here. Never settle, no matter the opportunities or chapters we add to this journey. And now we get to share our promise and our story with kids and families everywhere. I can't wait for everyone to read this, share this, feel empowered, and strive for greatness. The same way my kids from Akron do every day. Middle School Edition is next. I love to love it. I love to see it. Yes. Yes, King. Bless King. Yes, King. Yes, King. I love to see it. I love 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 it. Okay. So, in conclusion to today's episode, we're going to talk about Pop Smoke being shot and killed. Okay. And yesterday I was supposed to record this and um, I was literally on the phone with Leslie, like literally on the phone with Leslie when I found out. And I was just disgusted, you know, first and foremost, I was disgusted, but you know, there has been a lot more information that has been released. So according to TMZ, uh, at first they thought it was just a regular robbery. You know, they thought it was just a regular robbery, uh, because there was a series of, um, uh, uh, Instagram posts that showed their location and that sort of thing. However, uh, TMZ is reporting that it may have been, a hit people who have seen the surveillance footage um stated that there was about four men that approached the home around 4 30 a.m and they snuck around the back a few minutes later three of the four men walked back up to the side of the home to the front the fourth one uh reportedly walked to the back door but there was no camera to capture it the next time the man reappeared was when he was seen walking through the front door of the home at first it appeared to be a robbery however those who have seen the surveillance footage claimed that the person that went inside the house who was presumed who was presumed to be the shooter didn't carry anything out a lot of people were trying to speculate and say that it was an inside job and that his brother purposely uh posted uh their location and that sort of thing and his brother spoke out his brother said can't nothing express the pain that i'm feeling i just lost my fucking brother my heart my dog you guys have no type of sense or sympathy y'all don't know what's going on and y'all coming on here playing investigator and bashing me on the internet i would never in my life set my brother up we ate together broke bread together this really is my mother child i don't got explain nothing to nobody that don't know me and for the ones who know me they know when you saw me you saw pop we living in such a fucked up society y'all gotta wake up just know i got you forever brother the truth will come to light until then sleep in peace you know pop smoke was only 20 years old he was only 20 years old and and you know him 
being murdered definitely sent a wave of emotions to everybody. Two change posted success is dangerous. You sure you want to do this shit? He said, been shot at in San Francisco, got arrested in Maryland, L.A., New York, and Oklahoma. Had to do a so-called standoff with police in Oklahoma. Cali spot got broken into four times all on tape, and one of them even left their phone. All since I've been rapping. You literally got to pray that you make it back home safe. But then you're not even safe at your home. My condolences. Safari also stated, to my young kings out there, keep your money in the bank and out of social media site. I know some people might not be used to having a lot of money, but try your best to refrain from showing it on social media. Won't front like I didn't go through that phase, but I learned from it. Jeezy also posted this video. years old okay 20 years old 1999 to 2020 like that that in itself just doesn't seem right it doesn't seem normal it doesn't seem fair and I just feel like jealousy is such a ugly thing now and you know the envy and the hate is real but I also feel like you know in today's society people are not owning up to their struggles so People are just thinking that they woke up one day, people just woke up one day and they became it and they are it. And so if I'm struggling and this is in no way, shape, form or fashion, me co-signing with anybody doing anything, nothing of that sort. But this is more so just giving a better perspective, if that makes sense. And so, um, you know, if you're struggling and you're doing this and you're doing that and you constantly have on your timeline people flossing money and, and people showing you all the money that they got and all the money that they're getting and all this and all that other stuff. You're going to become envious. You're going to become envious. You know what I'm saying? Like there's 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 no if ends and buts about it because it's all you're seeing. You're seeing that everybody else is coming up besides you. And that's why I'm a firm believer that you have to be careful with what you pay attention to you got to be careful with what you watch and um what you internalize you know what i'm saying if you're at a place where you don't know yourself but every single time that you're scrolling through your posts all you see is people with money all you see is all you see is people with flashy things you're gonna become envious even though that wasn't a trait that was ever instilled in you why because you're looking at the wrong things that are not fueling you but making you angry you know what i'm saying like what you put out is what comes back to you and you got to protect your mind you got to protect your peace and the devil works the hardest when you're at your lowest okay the devil works the hardest when you're at your lowest and i just feel like nowadays people are not 
seeing the process for what it is and not wanting to appreciate the process of what it is because too much people is showing that it's easy. And the process is not easy. The process is not built for the week. The process is not just going to happen overnight. You feel me? But into the in, on society and on social media, it makes it seem like it's an overnight sensation. You know, so you have niggas out here that have been grinding, quote unquote, the best of their ability and nothing is shaking. And they're on their timeline and they see all these people eating. So it's like, why can't I eat? What the fuck am I not doing? You know what you're not doing? You're not protecting your energy. You're not protecting your sanity. You're not protecting your state of mind. That's why you haven't gotten it yet. Because what are you going to do with it? Why do you want it? Do you want it because the next nigga got it? Because if you want it because the next nigga got it, you're never going to get it. But if you want it because you need it, you want it because you need it to change your life, to change your situation, to change your mama's situation, do this, then that hunger is going to be your fuel. And at the same time, you got to protect your mindset. You can't just have all of the same people following you you know the people that you're following is the same people that you're envious of no you got to protect your mind with me um on my feed i have words of affirmation i have words of affirmation i have people who are all about you know protecting their peace people who are all about protecting their energy you know I have a lot of family life. I have a lot of, you know, uh, beauty and, and fashion and that sort of stuff. And, and I cleaned my I cleaned my social media because I realized that at one point in time, I was so toxic for myself. I was so toxic with my mind because I I I didn't become I wouldn't say I became envious. I, I, I wouldn't use that word, but I resented I resented the, I resented those around me that were getting opportunities that I didn't get. And I realized that I was happy for them, but it was a backhanded happiness. It was a backhanded compliment. And so what I ended up doing for myself is I deleted them as a friend. I deleted them as a friend, not necessarily the person or not. Yeah, I deleted not necessarily the person, but I deleted them as a friend on social media because I realized that I wasn't at a healthy place to enjoy their process. I wasn't at a healthy place to root for them the way that I needed to root for them. And I didn't want to become envious. But that's something that I did for myself. You know, when you're in tune with yourself and you're in tune with your progress and you're in tune with your growth, you know your triggers. You know what is your triggers. You know what isn't your triggers. And it's your responsibility to find them before they consume you. The devil works the best when you're at your lowest. And, you know, my heart goes out to Pop Smoke. My heart goes out to all those who's known him and stuff like that because... He was only 20 years old. He literally still had his whole life going for him. He had so much potential. And it wasn't a coincidence. Like, it wasn't a coincidence. This man just released new music. You know, he became more mainstream, had Quavo and other people co-signing with him and stuff like that. And it's like, jealousy is a motherfucker. Jealousy is a motherfucker. And he was only 20 years old. This baby didn't even get to, he didn't even get to experience his life. He didn't even get to drink legally. You get what I'm saying? Like, the world we live in, listen, (laughs) y'all. He had a sold out show. He had a sold out international show. Shows, excuse me, as plural. You know, and just 
Just sad. And we're just going to wrap that for today's episode of Tea Time. If you guys have not already, check out our past episodes below. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Y'all be safe. Y'all be blessed. Y'all keep your head up. Y'all stay grounded, honey. Do not let nobody shake you. Do not let nobody break you. And until next time, our dirty, filthy whorebags, hugs and kisses, y'all. Hugs and motherfucking kisses. Mwah.